Good morning to you. Good to see y'all here today, smiling and everything. Here we go. Let's stand with me if you would. As we sing our first song, Jesus Saves, lift it up this morning as we sing. We have heard the joyful sound. Jesus saves, Jesus saves. Spread the tidings all around. Jesus saves, Jesus saves. Bear the news to every land. Climb the steeps and cross the waves. Onward tis our Lord's command. Jesus saves, Jesus saves. Wafted on the rolling tide. Jesus saves, Jesus saves. Tell to sinners far and wide. Jesus saves, Jesus saves. Sing ye islands of the sea. Echo back ye ocean caves. Earth shall keep her jubilee. Jesus saves, Jesus saves. Sing above the battle strife. Jesus saves, Jesus saves. By his death and endless life. Jesus saves, Jesus saves. Sing it softly through the gloom. When the heart for mercy craves, sing in triumph for the tomb. Jesus saves, Jesus saves. Give the winds a mighty voice. Jesus saves, Jesus saves. Let the nations now rejoice. Jesus saves, Jesus saves. Shout salvation for hills and deepest caves this our song of victory Jesus saves Jesus saves amen aren't you glad he saves this morning because he lives I can face tomorrow lift it up as we sing God sent his son they
and beautiful singing. You may be seated. Let's go to the Lord in prayer this morning. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for living. Thank you for coming to this earth, for dying for us. Lord, you rose again. You live on high. And Lord, just thank you and praise you for doing that for us. Thank you for this past week. Lord, a lot of souls saved. We just praise you and give you the glory. Thank you for our church here. Thanks for those that came today to worship you. Praying that uh, you'd prepare our hearts for what you have for us today. Be with our pastor as he opens your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, good morning. I'm so glad to see all of y'all this morning here at Central Baptist Church. If it's your first time a guest, I want to welcome here uh, to Central. If you haven't had a chance to, please stop by the welcome desk to receive a gift. We'd love to meet you and connect with you, give you a gift from our church. So glad you've been, been chosen to be here here at Central Baptist Church. I know uh, th- today is Super Bowl Sunday, and for whether you're an Eagles fan or a Chiefs fan, tomorrow's maybe a, a victory Sunday or victory day for you. Uh, but after last week, I feel like this morning is our victory day based on the incredible response that we had uh, to the uh, David Korn shows this week. An incredible turnout. Well, Pastor's going to talk about it. So a great number of guests. Uh, so excited for the salvations that came. And I feel like today is just a great day to praise the Lord for what he did uh, this week. So excited. And well, what if you weren't here for on this show, lots of things happen. We saw somebody turn six inches with the cool trick there. We saw a dog appear out of nowhere. But the, the important thing is that the gospel was preached. Now, depending on who you ask, some may consider that bad news. And I'm thankful today, because we're going to be singing about it today, that we at this church believe that the gospel is good news. And it's because we believe that this salvation that kids can have, that parents can have, it isn't because of anything good that we have done or any, any good works. It is through grace alone. And I'm excited because this choir, one of my favorite songs that they sing, it talks about how we are saved not by works, by grace alone. So please listen as the choir sings this morning. Sweet. 
before, make sure you say hi to them. Make sure they feel welcome here.
Thank you. You may be seated. Amen. All right, our ushers are here, so we're going to take our offering this morning. Brother Josh Perkins, would you ask God to bless our offering, Josh? Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for all those that have gathered here and online. Bless us as we leave this place today. Please bless us offering. May it meet the needs here in this church and beyond. We ask these things in your name. Let's appreciate that. Well, welcome this morning. Beautiful day out. Uh, always a good day, no matter what the weather's like, to worship the Lord. So glad you're able to come on out, be with us today. As Matt said, it was a great week and uh, a busy week, but a great week. And uh, God allowed the gospel to be presented uh, really throughout our community. And we had just uh, the most ever. Uh, matter of fact, from David Korn, he said the most guests that he's ever had in any church uh, all the years he's been doing this. And uh, we had 47 accept Christ as their Savior. And uh, so we praise the Lord for that. Many of you prayed and you took time to be here and invited your friends and family. And I tell you, it's, it's always worth it. And I tell you what, it, it really is. And I, I'm always reminded, that's really what the church is all about. Uh, we're here as a lighthouse to help people find Jesus Christ and uh, salvation in him. It's not a social club. It's not just a, a meeting place, something to do. Uh, there's a purpose behind what takes place. Uh, we come on Sundays and Wednesdays to grow and to learn uh, and to become more like Christ so we can go back into the world and share the love of Jesus Christ and help other people find him. And uh, so it was a great week. So much appreciated uh, everything that took place and all of you can't do it without just all kinds of volunteers. I mean, we had so many 
many people set up, take down, inviting buses, you name it, uh, all over the place, and it was really good. For some of you, first time you ever got to lead someone to the Lord. And uh, what a blessing that was, too. And uh, exciting time, without a doubt. So appreciate you doing that. Well, today, like I said, we're going to be in 2 Corinthians as we start a new series for the year. 2 Corinthians, looking forward to that. Uh, we'll talk about resilience all year. It's a good book for that, and you'll see that as we jump into that even this morning. A couple prayer requests. We'll continue to pray for Brother Don Loney, who will get a date for his bypass surgery uh, at some point. So you continue to pray for him. Uh, Miss Debbie Denton as well. She has a major surgery coming up, waiting for some dates on those things. And uh, so I know you're praying for them and, and uh, as they're taking those, getting those things taken care of. And so you listen to special and then we'll jump right into the word of God. just borrowed they're not mine at all Jesus only let me use them to brighten my life so remind me remind me dear Lord Nothing good have I done to deserve God's own Son. I'm not worthy of the scars in His hand. Yet He chose the road to Calvary to die in my stead. Why he loves me, I can't understand. Oh. 
Ms. Candy, appreciate that. Well, why don't we stand to our reading, 2 Corinthians chapter 1. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, we'll begin in verse 1 for our reading this morning. The Bible says, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God, and Timothy our brother under the church of God, which is at Corinth, with all the saints which are in all Achaia, grace be to you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies, and the God of all comfort, who comforteth us in all our tribulation, that we may be able to comfort them which are in any trouble by the comfort wherewith we ourselves are comforted of God. For as the sufferings of Christ abound in us, so our consolation also aboundeth by Christ. Whether we be afflicted, it is for your consolation and salvation, which is effectual in the enduring of the same sufferings which we also suffer. Whether we be comforted, it is by your consolation and salvation. And our hope of you is steadfast, knowing that as ye are partakers of the sufferings, so shall ye be also of the consolation. For we would not, brethren, have you ignorant of our trouble which came to us in Asia, that we were pressed out of measure, above strength, insomuch that we despaired even of life. But we had the sentence of death in ourselves, that we should not trust in ourselves, but in God which raises the dead." who delivered us from so great a death, and death deliver, in whom we trust that he will yet deliver us. Ye also helping together by prayer for us, that for the gift bestowed upon us by the means of many persons, thanks may be given by many on our behalf. Lord, as we come to you now, Lord, and begin this new series, Lord, in the book of Second Corinthians, I pray, Lord, you'd help to illuminate our hearts and minds to receive this truth, Lord, that we would get out of it that which you intended, and Lord, may it truly be a comfort, as Paul said here, uh, and a consolation to us as we're on this journey of life, as we're on the struggles that will come our way, Lord. We thank you and praise you for it. And as our theme goes, being resilient, Lord, I pray that truly, Lord, even as we go through whatever the journey takes us on, Lord, that we would have just a spiritual resilience, Lord, and that ability to trust in you, Lord, and keep going forward, knowing that thou art with us. We thank you and praise you now in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. you. May be seated. <laughs> Great passage as we will delve into today, and I think very appropriate. I love God's timing always. Uh, it is the best. Uh, I was reading this last week and uh, maybe a couple weeks ago, an author my wife likes, and uh, uh, Max Lucado, and he does a lot of devotional writings and stuff like that. <clears throat> so I was just perusing one of his books, and in there, uh, as I was studying for this message, um, he has a way just to kind of comfort people, and so the message is on God's comfort, and uh, he began to explain he has children as well, and he remembers one time uh, his daughter falling, and of course she gets some blood, and she comes running into daddy, and 
And uh, he picks her up and, you know, sets her down and they begin to talk and he cleans out the wound and everything. He says, hey, you want a Band-Aid? And through tears, she's like, yeah, I need a Band-Aid. And so, you know, you go to get a Band-Aid and lets her pick out the one. You know, we got the ones with all the Disney characters on them. You know, you get your favorite character. And so she picked one, put it on and jumped down with a smile on her face and ran to tell mommy. You know, it's just what you do. It feels better now because you got the Band-Aid. He went on to tell another story, he said, and then uh, one morning she awakened him, and I think it was the same one, maybe one of the other children, at 2 o'clock in the morning. And he comes walking in and says, hey, can I sleep with you? And uh, he's like, what's wrong? She goes, I'm scared, and uh, there's no lights. And he's like, well, no, no, you got a night light and the hallway light. And uh, she goes, yeah, but I'm still scared. Well, about that time, mom popped up, and in the story, she said, hey, uh, we had a power outage about midnight, and uh, so all the lights are out. And so, of course, Dad gets up, and he goes down, and he finds a flashlight, makes sure there's batteries in it. They walk back to bed with the flashlight, puts her in there, and everything's fine. And he continues to go on to tell all these stories, how in every situation with his daughter, you know, daddies are there to bring comfort and protection. He told of one of a couple kids bullying his daughter. That was a fun one. He says, she's on the bus and a couple of kids bullying. And he says, my first thought as dad was, what are their names? I need their names, you know. And I've, I've done that as grandpa. What's their names, man? You know, and we're going to hunt them down. And, and then, of course, he just taught her a lesson about that. But in each situation, he recounts how his children would come to him. And as a good dad, no, wait, as a good dad, he did everything he could to take care of them. He did everything he could to take care of the boo-boo. Everything he could to take care of the fear. Everything he could to take care of the bullies. I mean, whatever there was, he stepped in. But the thing that got me is, is the truth of the matter is, he's a normal dad, a normal grandpa. That's what you do. Can I remind you, we have a heavenly father. Think about that, a heavenly father. If normal dads, who we're not always good, we have sin, and we want to take care of those that are underneath us, underneath our wings to the best of our abilities, how much more does our heavenly father care about you? I don't think we think about that often. We sometimes think that we're going through things alone and nobody cares. I'm here to tell you, Paul's reminding the church, God cares. He cares a lot. And he's there to comfort you. And this morning, I hope this will be a comfort to you. I hope it will remind you on the journey you're on right now, the journey you're going to be on this year. I think this is so important because part of our theme of resilience and continuing on and not giving up and quitting is this. Whatever you go through, if you think everybody else has abandoned you, I want to remind you, your Heavenly Father will never, ever leave you. He's always going to be there. He's always going to be by your side. And He always cares. When you think nobody else cares and nobody else knows, I'm telling you, He does. So let's jump into it. Paul's, of course, explaining this. And he's beginning to try to help the Corinthian church to realize they've been going through some struggles. And in these struggles, we pick it up in verse 8. And he says, For we would not, for we would not brethren, have you ignorant of our trouble which came to us in Asia that we were pressed out of measure above strength in so much that we despaired, look at this, even of life. But we had the sentence of death in ourselves that we should not trust in ourselves, but in God, which raises the dead. Man, I love this. I re was reminded the previous chapter, chapter 15 and verse 32, if you want to uh, jump back there in 1 Corinthians 15, 32, he said this, if after the manner of men I have fought with beasts at Ephesus, what advantage it, it me? If the dead rise not, let us eat and drink, for tomorrow we die. In other words, most people believe in 2 Corinthians, he's reiterating what just happened to him. 
Now, I don't know. I, th I think the beast probably referred to uh, individuals who were attacking him ferociously. Uh, but, you know, it could be wild animals uh, in their time as you're traveling from one point to another. Whatever it is, let me help you. It's bad. No, it's bad. I mean, he's in a lot of trouble. As a matter of fact, in this particular situation, the very first chapter, he says, it's so bad. I get this. Let me back up. I, I have to help you remember. This is the Apostle Paul. He's a man of God. You do understand he heals people. He does great works. I mean, God has worked in his life. He wrote most of the New Testament. This is a godly man. And are you ready? He's in great trouble. It's so bad he believes he's getting ready to die. Now, I don't know if you've ever been there. I don't know what situation you've been. I don't know if you've ever been in a situation you thought that's it. Maybe you got a diagnosis that wasn't good. And, I mean, immediately, immediately fear came upon you. I know what that's like when you start mentioning the cancer word. I call it the C word. I'm telling you, when you hear that word, that's scary every time. I don't care who you are. That is always a scary situation because you don't know how bad it is and what they can do. And so that word comes out and there's this fear. And he's talking about this despair of the group that's with him. And I don't know if it's these wild beasts that they encountered or, or the men that are after them and persecuting them. But he says, it's so bad. Are you ready? We're getting ready to die. We think we are done. That word despair, it's not just a little bit of this is a bad day. This was like immensely to a point of thinking, we are over with. And he begins to explain, and as he talks about life, one of the first things he lets us know, and we'll, we'll get to it a little bit more even next week, is that life is full of suffering. Hey, can I remind you of something you already know, but I think we forget? Hey, life is full of suffering. Everybody here will suffer. You are going to suffer. As a matter of fact, it's going to be things that uh, you're going to come under physical suffering, emotional suffering, a persecution. Uh, I thought it was interesting how this is the passage, and we just had a great week. Uh, I mean, we had hundreds upon, matter of fact, several thousand people God allowed us to minister to, 47 people saved. And I think yesterday it was, uh, or Friday, people started sending me messages of people putting stuff online, attacking what took place. And, uh, and, and I, was, I was reminded of that. People were like, man, preacher, what are we going to do? And I'm like, we're going to praise Jesus. Uh, I think sometimes living in Pocket City, we, we forget something that's very important. Anytime you try to do something good and right, there's going to be attack. I mean, it's going to happen. Matter of fact, I, I took it away that most people may not. I was like, well, praise Jesus. Must be doing something right. You say, why? If they would attack Jesus, who is perfect, and we are not. We are not even close. Paul is a great man of God. And every time they tried to do something, they would cuss them out and curse them and question their motives and everything that they would do. And man, came under amazing amount of attack. And yet they said, even in this passage, are you ready? He says, I do this so that you might be saved. Salvation is an amazing thing. He says, life is full of suffering. We're going to go through things. Even the apostle who was serving God, seeing souls saved. God didn't stop all, are you ready? All the suffering. One of the great questions we get from non-believers. If God's such a great God, why does he allow people to suffer? That's nothing more than an excuse. Now, I'm going to help you real quick. Because if anybody stops and thinks at all, that is such an illogical uh, question. It really is. Why? Man has suffered since day one. The fact of the matter is life is full of suffering. Since what day one? Since the day that we sinned. When Adam and Eve sinned, it changed everything. This life was catapulted into sin. Bad things happen to everybody. Why? That's this world, but it makes us hope in him. The fact that it does. And for, for you to think because you're saved, you're not going to run into some type of suffering. And you say, but I've been serving God. Why me? I'll remind you of this. We deserve way worse than what we get. You know, why me? 
I'm of a different persuasion. God, I'm thankful it's just this. No, no, seriously. No, no, you don't understand, preacher, what we're going through. I get it. Some of you will go through more than the rest of us. I get that. There's levels to everything. But let's just be honest. It can always be worse. If we stop, no, it can always be worse. So no matter what level you're in, you've not reached the apex. I've told you before, I've seen nobody get to the level of Job yet. You say, well, who's Job? You might want to go back and read that story. <laughs> I mean, nobody. I mean, nobody's lost everything, their whole family, their servants, their animal, their income, their body afflicted. I mean, nobody's had all that happen that I've run into in my life in Ponca City, Oklahoma. So we're not at that level. Oh, there's some bad things I've seen. There's some bad things we've experienced. But wait, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. God says, hey, this is part of the journey. And Paul's going, listen, this is the journey we're on, and it's part of it. No one's getting off this planet without some pain and suffering. But what I like, we're going to back up. He gives us the reason. Now, this passage doesn't give us every reason for suffering. But Paul is listing the reason for their suffering that took place. And, and it applies to us too, and, and I think if we can get this down, it'll help us to be more resilient in our Christian life. So why do we suffer sometimes? Why do we go through the pains of life? Look at verse 4. Who comforted us in all our tribulation. I've titled the message from verse 3, the end of it, the God of all comfort. Who comforteth us in verse 4 in all our tribulation, that we may be able to comfort them which are in any trouble by the comfort wherewith we ourselves are comforted of God. For as the sufferings of Christ abound in us, so our consolation also aboundeth by Christ. And I love this. As a matter of fact, he goes on to verse 6. And whether we be afflicted, it is for your consolation. And look at this. And salvation. Can I tell you? If somebody's going to rip us up, if someone's going to attack us for bringing in an illusionist and having a show and then telling boys and girls that if they don't accept Jesus, they're going to go to hell, which is 100% truth. And I laugh at that for this reason. That word hell is used all the time in our culture and movies everywhere as a derogatory term and nobody blinks at it. Nobody blinks at it. Parents are cussing at kids, cussing at each other, using that word. We stand up and tell them the truth that, hey, you need Jesus. You're going to die and go to a real hell. And it's like, how could you tell them that? Can I tell you how? Because we love them. We want to see them saved. That's why we do that. And if we're going to come under some little attack for that, I'm like, who cares? You know, you understand, folks? Paul said, I'm willing to suffer so that I can come to you in Corinth and give you the gospel so that you might be saved. Folks, a lot of things that happen in our life, we forget. God allows for this reason. It's not just about us. This is going to surprise you. I mean, God wants to bless you, and uh, he wants to, he, he does. He instills so much into us. But believe it or not, God's primary purpose isn't your pleasure. It's, it's really not. I don't know where that comes from. Uh, but he doesn't sit around going, huh, I want to make sure that Brother Barbie has the most fun in life he could ever have. That is my goal. I will bless him in such a way. That he just, where do you read that? You know, that's that prosperity gospel stuff on TV. Turn it off. Okay, that's not Christianity. No, you know what God does tell us? That sometimes we're going to go through things. Now, wait a minute. We're going to go through some things. Are you ready? Paul said, we are suffered. We almost died from wild beasts. Uh, we, we thought we, we despaired for our very life. Who would live that life? He said, I'll tell you who. We are for you. For you. One of the reasons we go through suffering and we need to continue to go through this, are you ready? It's because God uses that for other people. Other people. You say, who? I don't know. I'm not God. 
But the reality is people watch our lives. We become, uh, we interact with people because of our suffering. Uh, Doctors and nurses and who knows all kinds of other people. And through those events, God allows us to open our mouth and share the gospel. And and I'm looking at this. He says, listen, uh, the great consolation is this. I would rather suffer and go through all that I'm going through and all that Paul did. And do I have to remind you what happened? Shipwrecked, bitten by a serpent. Uh, That right there would discourage me from being an evangelist. I'm going to tell you right now. I hate snakes. Does anybody else hate snakes? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for agreeing. Praise God. It's a good church. Good church. Okay, we let Tina come. She likes snakes. We still love her. See, so we're gracious to everybody. But I got to tell you, no, seriously, I, man, I don't like it. Man, I, I don't like it all. I remember, brother, we had a missionary in um, Haiti, Brother Baker. Remember Brother Baker? Little short guy. And uh, this is so important. He goes to Haiti. Haiti is in turmoil all the time. And when they go in turmoil, he would go up to the mountains and just camp out until it was over. And he'd come to youth camp, hear me preach, and every year go, Brother Waterloo, I want you to come to Haiti. And I'd laugh in his face. And I'm like, we're not made the same way. I don't like camping. I hate camping with a passion. And I mean, and there's, I mean, I, not only that, but I heard stories. Brother B went and Mrs. B, <laughs> they went to Haiti. That was bad. They came back and told me the stories. It pretty much sealed the fact I'm never going to Haiti. Okay? They're in the, they're in the van going to a meeting and a riot breaks out. They are totally, surround, totally surrounded. And they're in the middle of it. And so here's this riot and they're in the middle of it in this van. And they started pounding on the van and everything. And I'm sure everyone thought they're going to die. Brother Baker pulls out a can of mace. Now you understand, there's thousands of people out there. Your can is going to run out. He's going to get out and spray them. The other preachers are tackling him going, stop it. I mean, seriously, this is the same guy up in the mountain gets attacked. Our missionary gets attacked. Uh, somebody comes in and uh, starts beating him up in the mountains. I mean, beating him to death. He gets up with a hammer and chases the guy down the mountain. I'm like, praise God, you're in Haiti. If that was me, I'm in the fetal position going, take me, Jesus. Take me, Jesus. I'm sorry. That's not, that's not my life. I'm glad people do that. I I am, but I'm thinking about Paul, and I'm like, no offense. I don't want his life. (laughs) I don't want to be bit by the snake. I don't want the shipwreck. And I read, he was stoned to death. I mean, that's not fun. I don't know. I've been hit with a rock one time. Wasn't fun. Whole bunch of them, not funner. How's that for bad English? (laughs) I mean, it's not. That's totally bad. This is his life. You say, why do you do this? We always think, man, the ministry is just a glamorous thing. It's a pain. I don't even go through that and it's a pain. Why? Because of you. You, you. you can't say that, preacher. I just did. You say, why? People are full of problems. It's, it's the best, funnest thing I do is preach. You know, besides that, there's issue after issue. Why? Because we're people. And then I got to deal with my own issues. Well, that's always fun. You say, oh, it's just wonderful. No. It's a pain. Why do you do it then? Why do we do it? For salvation. Because of him. Why do we have nursery workers? You think your kids are angels? <laughs> Why do you think you're rushing to the nursery to get rid of them? Uh, hey, uh, nursery, is the worker there? Oh, I've been here 20 minutes already. Come on, are they coming? Are they coming? <laughs> They're here, here. Here's a baby. Bye. Ooh. You even lie. I changed the diaper. <laughs> you didn't it's okay though we love you 
And then by the time your kids hit three and four, are you serious? You should be buying Starbucks cards for every three and four-year-old teacher every single week. You say, well, it's great. No, seriously, why do they do this? Because they want you to come in and hear the gospel. If you're not saved, get saved. If you are saved, you grow in your faith. But folks, it's work. No, it's work. You work on our buses? That's a joy. Awana's back there. We're back here on Wednesday. Nice Bible study on a Wednesday night. Man, that's good. That's not loud. It's precious. Getting into the Word of God and back behind us. It's craziness back there. You know why I'm in here? It's craziness back there. No, no, no. But why are they doing it? Are you ready? For salvation. That people would find God. May I remind you that when you found God, it changed your life. It changed your family. And all that we do and all that we suffer through and whatever level we put it at, and by the way, we all suffer, he says, is for the consolation, number one, of this, so that other people could be benefited. He was willing to make the sacrifice for the greater good. And number two, he went on to say, so that we could comfort others. So number one, so other people be benefited, but number two, that we would take this consolation and that we would go forth and we would console other people. Uh, can we be honest about this? You really don't get it until probably you've been through it. You say, what do you mean? Well, I, I don't believe that you have to experience everything to know truth. I don't buy into that philosophy. There's some people that don't believe truth until I've experienced it, then it's true. Well, that's, that's not true because this is true whether you've experienced it or not. Truth is absolute. It's real where you've experienced it or not. But on the flip side of that, there are some things in life you don't get to you've gone through it. One of my favorite is watching young people, and we're talking college-age people, who don't have kids. <laughs> Talk about people who do have kids. And every time I hear it inside, I just chuckle and go, <laughs> I can't wait till you have children. <sighs> it's funny what a pro we are, you know. I mean, you see somebody in one event, one situation. You know, we tease, you go to Walmart, and uh, matter of fact, I was at the airport yesterday coming back from Iowa and in a couple's retreat, and, and uh, here's this mom, and she's got this, I don't know, seven, eight-year-old girl, and she's, <laughs> she's dragging her away. <laughs> and I'm just watching going, huh, that's so cool. <laughs> and she's not screaming, but you can tell she didn't want to do something, and mom's having to drag her away. You know, your first thought is this, what a bad mom. <laughs> no, I've lived too long. <laughs> I'm like, go get it, mom. I have no idea what happened. But seriously, I'm old enough to know. My thought wasn't, well, that mom just doesn't have enough discipline in that kid's life. You know, I have no idea how long they've been traveling. Remember, they get up at four in the morning. Kids wiped out. Kids, I, I have no idea. Mom's doing the best she could. I saw them. They, they were on the next flight, too. And they were walking around just fine. Little girl was doing great. Little boy was doing great. Everything was good. And I just smiled, realizing that that's just life. That's just kids. If you've got kids, you know what I'm talking about. But nothing more frustrating than a college, college age, somebody 19 to 28 going, they don't know how to raise kids. And you do? I had brothers and sisters, whoopee doopee doo. Until they're puking all over you at two in the morning and you're up all night. I don't want to hear a word out of you. You know, until you've had to deal with them all day and you're finally tired. You go, just take the iPad and watch it. I would never do that with my kid. Oh, yes, you will. <laughs> You got about 20 TVs in the house is what you're going to do. And go, just, well, I would need a break. Mommy needs a break. Yeah, I don't judge that anymore. I'll tell you that right now. You can forget that judgment. But it's so funny how idealistic we become until we live it. And then after about the second, third, fourth kid, that's, let's just be honest. The poor third kid, 
nobody cares. <laughs> that first kid is so protected, it's amazing. And it's like a bubble around him. Oh, they're taking a step. Oh, there we go. By third kid, hey, they walked. That's cool. <laughs> you see all the pictures? Come on, go back and look at your pictures. First kid, second page, kid, albums, iCloud is full. Third kid, do we have any pictures of Johnny? <laughs> oh, yeah, he is with our second. There he is, right there together. <laughs> the only reason the last kid gets the attention because they're the last kid, everyone's ecstatic. Mom and dad are like, we're done. No, <laughs> we're done. <laughs> the baby. Some of you are like, I don't know what you're saying. Exactly. Yeah, and so you need to keep your mouth quiet. <laughs> oh, but we all know the older you get, when you've done it before, you get it, don't you? You get it. What about some tough stuff? Can we be honest? You don't get somebody losing their baby unless you've lost a baby. You don't. I mean, I'll pray for you, and I care, but we're not going to understand. We're not going to understand. It's hard. I've talked to enough people to know how hard it is. If you've, gone, if you've not gone through a difficult situation with a child, a sickness, losing a child, can we just be honest? We don't get it. We don't get it. But somebody gets it. And God knew that, and he allows us as brothers and sisters to go through certain things. And I'll tell you one of the things I've noticed by going through different things, I've become way more compassionate for people who are going through it. That's right. Way more compassionate. And Paul said, I've gone through it for your benefit, but also this for your consolation, that I could be there when I say, I get it, you know I get it. Because I walked in your shoes. I lived your life. I've been through there. And so when you're going through it, it's not gonna be fun. But God does have a purpose and a plan. And it's not just for you. It's really not. It's that others, first and foremost, may come to know him as Lord and Savior. But second, so the body of Christ could find, are you ready? Comfort. So you find someone to pray with and love on you. And when you think nobody else gets it, you're like, oh, she gets it. He gets it. Why? They've walked my road. They've been down there. They get, I'm not being judged. I'm being, are you ready? Loved. So I remind you of this. A couple thoughts, and we'll pick it up next week. Now, when I look at this and these reasons for it, I conclude with these thoughts. First of all, we told you as we jump up to verse 3, the title of the message, The God of All Comfort. And I thought about the comforts of God, and the first thing that came to my mind is the most obvious, but I'll just share it with you. God cares. First uh, Peter 5, 7, casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. I think sometimes in this life, Paul could have stopped with everything he's gone through and said, I almost got attacked by, I mean, I was attacked by wild beasts. I've been shipwrecked. I've been stoned. I've been bit by a snake. I, almost, I felt like we we're going to die. We were in such desperation. And he doesn't explain all of it. We just know by his life, it was, I, we were in such despair. But at no time did he said, where are you, God? No, you know what he said? God cares. Don't let the struggles of life run you away from God. Run to God. Because the one person who cares is God. Number two, I wrote this. He listens. Uh, matter of fact, even under he cares, I was reminded of John 14, 16. And I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter, that he may abide with you forever. But the comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance, whatsoever I have said unto you. And by the way, he can't come till Jesus goes. And until Jesus is crucified, now think about this. You want to talk about comforting? Until Jesus dies on the cross, the Holy Spirit doesn't come. And this very act of the greatest suffering on the planet, 
of what he went through, taking all of our sins upon us, had our benefit in mind, what? Our salvation. And not just that, our comfort for eternity. Because he died, I am saved. Because he died, the Holy Spirit is in my life. And that Holy Spirit already listens to me. Listens to me. You know what I love about that? When you don't know what to pray, Romans 8, 28, 29 says, the Spirit of God takes your thoughts and sends them up to God for you. Woo! That's good stuff. Man, you've been in despair and you don't know what to do and how to get out of it. It's okay. He does. And he loves you so much, he's taking it right up. This is our God. Our God who looked and said, hey, I can wipe everybody out, but instead I'm going to die on the cross for you. So you'll have salvation. And not just that, I'm going to give you a comfort of the Holy Spirit. You can talk to him anytime you want. I love that. And then I put this. He just comforts us. I know this seems strange, but unless you go through something, you probably don't even understand how comforting God is. But if you've been to something and you ran to God, you get it. When I talk about the peace of God that passes all understanding, I can talk about it because I've been in situations where I needed his peace. I needed his comfort. So I'm not just preaching now. Are you ready? I've lived it. So I can tell you, there is a God that gives you a peace that passes all understanding. And I know this, you only get it when you need it. You get it when you need it. I look out, some of you have been through some horrific things from a human perspective. And when you talk to that individual, it's hard to go through it. Now, don't, don't take me wrong. We're, we're not demeaning the act of going through it. it. It is, like Paul said, despair. Some of you have gone through some despair in your life. And you love, and you love Jesus. And it was despair because of the loss that you suffered. But at the same time, that same individual will tell you, and I'm looking out here at people that are in the house of God today who took severe, serious pain and loss in their life, and they ran to God, and today they can comfort other people, and they understand the presence of God more than anything else. And a lot of them would say this, it's not that I want that event to happen again, but what I got out of the event taught me something very special, just how much God loves me. I can tell you all day long how much God loves you. Until you go through something and you feel his, his arms around you, whew. Can I read you something that you all know? It's probably one of the oldest poems out there. It's on most people's walls. It used to be at least in the 90s and 2000s, maybe the 80s. It was all over the place. You call it the footprints. You remember that? Yeah, footprints. I think it's so common now, I don't even pay attention to it. I've heard so many. But this week as I was thinking about this, I said, you know, I think I want to pull that out real quick. So I pulled out the footprints. I don't read a lot of poems, but, and I don't write poems. You should thank the Lord for that. <laughs> Suffering reminds us that God cares. The author said, one night I dreamed a dream. As I was walking along the beach with my Lord, across the dark sky flashed scenes from my life. For each scene, I noticed two sets of footprints in the sand, one belonging to me and one to my Lord. After the last scene of my life flashed before me, I looked back at the footprints in the sand I noticed that many times along the path of my life, especially at the very lowest and saddest times, there was only one set of footprints. This really troubled me, so I asked the Lord about it. Lord, you said once I decided to follow you, you would walk with me all the way. But I noticed that during the saddest and most troublesome times of my life, there was only one set of footprints. I don't understand why. When I needed you the most, you would leave me. And I always think when I, when I read that this week, just the emphasis there. It's this despair of saying, why would you leave me? I don't get it. So I don't think they're just asking a question. They're just pleading to God. He whispered, my precious child, I love you and will never leave you, never, ever, during your trials and testings. When you saw only one set of footprints, it was then that I carried you. What a precious, I think I, I, think I get it now. 
honestly, probably early on when I saw that, I go, well, it's a good poem, but no big deal. I've lived long enough to know, I know why they wrote that poem. There's been enough events in our life to realize this. God will never leave us nor forsake us. He's not abandoned you in your darkest times. He's carried you through your darkest times. Folks, I don't know what you're going through. I, I don't. But I know this. Everybody's going through something. Today, it's a simple message to start us off in this near series. I want to remind you there's a God who cares. He cares about every aspect of your life. Oh, compared to some of the things I said, it may seem small. Nothing is small to God. If it's big to you, it's big to God because he loves you and he cares. No, if it's big, it's big to God. Hey, I'm a, I'm a papa. If it's big to little, little granddaughter, it's big to papa. So guess what? I'm not God. So if it's big to me, then guess what? It's big to God. And God will take anything you're going to. No, listen, anything you're going to. Today may be a good day just to come before the Lord and do this. 1 Peter 5, 7, I'd like to cast my burdens upon you, Lord. Only you know the despair of what I'm going through. Only you know. Only you know the heart of single young lady, single young man who desires to be married and have a family one day, and God's not done that yet. The couple who wanted to have kids for years, and God's not opened the womb yet. The person who lost somebody, the person going through a sickness. Maybe no one gets it, but he does. And maybe today's just a good day to come and say, oh, God, would you listen? And God, would you just fill me with your spirit and your presence? Because I'm going through a difficult time. I'm going through a difficult time. Lay it at his feet. You know why? He cares. He cares. Let's stand. Lord, we come to you now. Lord, we thank you and praise you for your word. Lord, as we kick things off in this new book, Lord, I'm glad Paul started it this way to let us know that you care about us. You care deeply, Lord. Lord, there are stories upon stories here. And Lord, we love you, but sometimes, like the author, we, even though we know you won't abandon us, sometimes we think you have. And I hope today we've been reminded, Lord, the reason we live this resilient Christian life is because we will always have you. No matter how bad it gets, Lord, you never will leave us or forsake us, and you do care. You care about every hurt, every pain. When others may not, Lord, you do. So, Lord, today, may this just be a day for our church body and our guests as well, Lord, to lay at your feet those burdens. You said to cast all our cares, to bring our burdens to you, Lord. May this be a time of prayer this morning as we do that. Then, Lord, if there is somebody here, Lord, that doesn't know you as Lord and Savior, doesn't know how to get to heaven, Lord, may they come and talk to our associate or, or his wife, Lord, and find exactly how, Lord, they can find the greatest care in the world, salvation. Lord, Paul wrote the book, went through everything so that people would know how to go to heaven for the benefit of others. So, Lord, if there's somebody here that needs to be saved, help them to come and accept you, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to sing a verse or two. And if you just need to come and pray today, softly and tenderly, page 161, I challenge you to come. Talk to the God who truly cares. Softly and tenderly, Jesus is calling, calling for you. Sleep tender.
Our invitation out, Andy. continue to play as those finish up at the altar. I just have a couple of announcements as we dismiss here today. Uh, just a reminder to the teens and their parents that there will be a teen Super Bowl party uh, immediately following tonight's service. The cost is $5. If you have any questions, see uh, Brother Matt. Uh, also, next uh, Sunday night, there will be a deacons and trustee meeting. Please, please note that. And I uh, just want to say once again, we're so thankful for any guests that we have here today. And if this is your first time with us, make sure you uh, stop by the Welcome Center as you're uh, leaving today. Uh, we have a gift bag waiting there for you. Just our way of saying thank you for being with us at Central Baptist Church. Let's go ahead and pray, and we will be dismissed. Brother Andy. 
Lord, thank you for being there for us. Lord, thank you for loving us. Lord, thank you that you're always there to help us through our lives, Lord. Pray that you'd just uh, be with us today as we go our separate ways. Lord, I pray that you'd bring us back to your houses tonight. And Lord, bless us as we start this new week. Lord, may we be a testimony for you everywhere we go. In Jesus' name, amen.